Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bear Share Show. My name is Andre Matoyer, and today I am joined by a fun friend of mine who I've known for a few years now and have played flag football with. Go Blast. <laughs> and that is the amazing and sweet Mr. William Vaughn. William, how are you today? Good, Andre. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to do this episode with me. I think this is going to be a pretty good one, and I hope some people uh, listening can identify with it. So, of course, my pleasure. Yeah. So, um, we've known each other for a few years. That's right. Night to be. This is the weird thing. Today, from six years ago, from today, exactly six years ago, okay. it's when I announced that I was moving to Phoenix. That's awesome from boston i was like wow that is such a coincidence and we're doing this podcast too. And we're this doing is... it today oh, it's, it's really it's been some... six years because i met you it... like a couple days or a week after you moved here so that's well yeah i did because the fact that i knew about the phoenix hellraisers and that i knew that there was a flag football league so i kept going online trying to figure out where to where to sign up for the fall or if there was one and and that's when we were on the same gray team on the first ever four on four season. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fall league, which I couldn't do for a while after that, but still, I, I love the fuck okay. league here. I've been so busy with work, mm-hmm. but I hope to get back into it probably in 2022, to be honest. But yeah. Well, we miss you on the fields. We, we love to have you back, of course. I, I will try. <laughs> uh, that actually answered my next question. So I know you have uh, you moved from Boston, but you're from there, right? That's where you're originally from. Yeah, I grew up there all my life. I, you know, just went through the schools and everything, and the whole nine yards. Let's just say that. So the name of the episode today is called Culture Clash, because you have a pretty interesting story about um, being gay and coming out in your culture as well as uh, growing up in the United States. And I figured this would be a really, really good uh, story to hear. And um, I'm glad that you're able to share that with me and the audience today. So I wanted to ask you, are you Vietnamese or are you um, from Chinese descent? Like, where where's your background from? So, uh, interesting background. Yes, my last name is... Vietnamese, okay. but I am 100% Chinese. The only thing, um, a little quick story of it is that, um, you know, my parents, they grew up in Vietnam. And I'm sure that before then, their ancestors and such had moved from China, like the southern part of China where Hong Kong is, over down to the northern parts of Vietnam and so forth. And so the whole last name situation, long story short, is that we use my mom's actual Chinese last name, which is Wong, W-O-N-G, convert that into Vong, which is what my current last name is, um, into a Vietnamese version of it so that my dad doesn't get caught from the Viet Cong or into jail and everything. (laughs) It's insane. I was like, oh my goodness, really? So I... I had an original last name, which I probably won't disclose on it here, but uh, we used my mom's last name just so that my dad doesn't get caught. He changed his name to Flea, basically. Oh, yeah, to Flea. And that was my sister was born at that time, too, and she was only 
three when my parents um, had gotten paperwork from being sponsored by a church group in Marion, Ohio. And they had to flee from Vietnam, taking a ferry boat over to Malaysia, then from Malaysia, taking another ferry boat over to the Philippines, then from Philippines, flying all the way to Ohio. And how we end up in Boston is after living a year in Ohio, they find that there was the major academies and everything of it and school wise and such. So they decided to move from Ohio to Massachusetts and and to be correcting on the hometown, I'm actually from Brockton, Massachusetts. That's the correct hometown that I'm from. So is that a suburb of Boston? Yeah, it's a suburb. It's like 30 minutes south of Boston, um, right? And if people don't know slight history about it, it's actually to the home of famous boxer or not kind of a known boxer, Rocky Marsh, which is named after, uh, which he was named um, after at the football stadium during at the high school. Oh, nice. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've seen some of that stuff in the history books, but your family actually lived it. So that's pretty cool. Do you ever talk to them about that stuff? Like... Do they ever talk about it, or do they just leave it on the path, or what happens? I mean, they they briefly talked about the impact of what they've gone through and of their life. Um, you know, it, such of it like that. It's um, more of a story. It doesn't really turn into a funny thing, but they briefly here and there. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine it was a pretty challenging time for them. So that's, I mean, that's... They're here now, though, right? So that's a good thing. Yeah, they became citizens in the early 90s, U.S. citizens in the early 90s. My sister became citizen when she went to elementary and stuff. So that's how she came about. How many years older is your sister? She is six years older. I have a middle brother. He's two years older than me, and I'm the youngest. Okay. Um, So I know that um, with Asian cultures, it really just depends they can be pretty um, sort of conservative about coming out and being gay. Um, So, Willie, I know that you grew up um, in the home from a Chinese background, and I know that it must have been difficult when you were coming out. So um, explain the process of how you came out. And um, I know that you've had some issues with some mental health, and I know that coming out was a big deal for you. So um, if you can, please share with me your story of coming out and your uh, battle with, with all of them. I'll start it from the beginning on how it all came about to it. Um, you know, I mean, I kind of knew about myself when I was younger. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, this is probably right around junior high and stuff that you kind of discover who you are. And then through high school, you're kind of thinking, hmm, is this who really who I am or is it not? Um, you know, you kind of discover things. You know how in high school, you just kind of discover things. So I didn't really have my first experience with someone until I started college. Um, before I started college, or turned 18, I should say, um, which was in 2000, right around 2000. That's when I turned 18 and that's I had my first experience. And, you know, coming out to it, I wasn't sure because I was hiding, you know, like you're just hiding and you're trying to figure out, is this really your lifestyle or is it not? And so I was like, okay, this is kind of for it. And then I kind of had more experiences after that. By about 2002 or so, 
um, was it around there? You're around 2002. I had a little moment of where life just didn't seem fair to me. And I felt that's when I, I had a thoughts of suicide at that point. So I kind of sneaked out on a Saturday to go to a urgent clinic and have a little talk about it. Um, and so had talking to a nurse and such, and they said I was brave for it, but I didn't know if it was enough. Um, so I didn't know if I had enough resources and such. So at that point, I kept a lot of things bottled up into my heart. And we kind of fast tracked up to March 10th of 2006, which is a significant point in my life where um, that was the day that I thought I was gone from the world and, excuse me, and um, be done with. And I said to myself, and that was what it is. The night before, I had sent out a couple of emails to college friends and to someone I was seeing, uh, long distance-wise, and I said, guys, love you all and everything, but I felt like this whole world is not fair to me and I don't think I deserve it. I don't think I should be in it anymore. So this is my love to you guys and such. And of course, the night before March 10th, when parents, family, everyone's kind of going to sleep, I was snuck into the kitchen, took a small little knife, and really, I still have that scar till this day oh my on my left abdomen. And that's how bad it was. Oh my God. And I did harm myself. But yeah, it's, um, it's still there 15 years later now. Thank you. Um, yeah, and to come out to it is I end up my ex at that time. He called the 911. Yeah. The EMTs came by. Parents are going crazy. They were just like, what is going on? I told them about it. They didn't believe it. I went to ER, the hospital, and they put me into a stretcher bed and rolled me out to the hallway so that way I don't um, be harmed yeah. to any kind of sharp right. images, uh, no, sharp instruments. Um... And then my sister came walking in since they were limiting visitations on who they can see at inside the ER. That's when I came out to my sister and I told them, I don't, I told them I'm done lying about myself, hiding the secret and everything and all that. And then she said, do you want to see the parents? I said, I had my sister tell them. I couldn't face it because I couldn't face the fact that of the fear of rejection, disownership, everything of that. And that's when the doctors and ER doctors that said they shipped me off to a rehab that was about 45 minutes away. And I was in rehab wow. for two weeks. Rehab for like, you know, mental health and getting you back on your feet so that you wouldn't attack this again, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had some other guests on the show that have been through some serious mental health issues, and um, it's something that 
I mean, I struggle with as well. And it's something that I think a lot of people are talking about more and finding ways to get support and help with it. Um, what I find interesting is that even despite all that, you know, you came out to your family, um, they know it's still sort of a taboo thing. You know, they obviously saw how distressed you were. They obviously saw how much that affected your life, but they also see how much it's a part of your life, right? Like, you're not going to go straight anytime soon. You've been gay for years. You are gay. It's who you are. It's how you were born. Um, do you see them ever coming around to it? Or do you think their culture is preventing that from happening? Yeah. You know, with families, with the Asian families being conservative, or some Asian, most Asian families being conservative, they look at it as the homosexuality being such a community that shouldn't even exist at all or such. And they rather have a perfect image of a family, married, kids, house, car, work, everything. I felt vulnerable. Willie, would you say that you're close with your family now? I'd say I'm a little closer to, to it, but I don't think that it's close enough to it through the fact that they won't discuss about the lifestyle or the community or who I date and not date, I don't think they're going to come around to it. I'm going to tell you two quick stories. So in 2007 um, or so, right around there, I started, I had, while I was starting a job, uh, I was in a contract role at that point in 2007. And, um, you know, I, or somewhere around there, I had a conversation with my mom one morning before I went to work. We had a discussion of it, and I told her that I was sort of seeing someone at that point. Told him his age, who he is, yada, yada, yada. That point, I literally asked my mom, do you want to meet him? She took a pause for a minute. That's when she said no. It kind of gave me the indication to say she doesn't want her or my dad in general doesn't want to talk about it anymore, lifestyle-wise. I'm like, okay, immediately shut it down. Right. And plus, after I had two weeks of rehab, I also had went to see a psychologist for six months. Six months, at least, of that. That was in 2006, just so you can keep up with the tri uh, timeline for it. Um, but 2007 is when my mom said that. But then fast track to 2012, I had a little text conversation with my sister about this further is it okay to come out to everyone else and she's like no and like and why, why everyone else you mean like your extended family um family okay. friends correct. I mean, it's correct extended family too and such like that but that's the whole point of it and then she kind of gave me the whole synopsis about how they're still going to live that life of conservative and they don't know about the community and stuff. I say, okay, we're living in 2012. Why are we still stuck in this kind of day and age about this lifestyle? It, it, it makes no sense to me. It doesn't make, and she just kept saying, um, it doesn't make sense. Why is it making a big deal? Why are you making it such a big deal? You know, the parents don't want to talk about it or anything whatsoever. They want to keep it so shut. She's like, great. just drop it. Obviously, they're not going to change. Don't bother yourself. Right. And so I literally went on Facebook, changed my privacy settings that they don't even see any of my Facebook posts. Anymore. So a couple of things here. One, it sounds like your siblings, I could be wrong, were more accepting of it. 
Is that is that true? My sister is more accepting, but she won't talk to me. Yeah, my okay. my brother he has Down syndrome, so he doesn't have okay. that knowledge of it, of the lifestyle or anything. No, he, he doesn't, doesn't understand it. Yeah. what it is. Okay. So, um, yeah, no, yeah. So I wouldn't. I'm not worried about it too much into it, but to the fact that, um, you know, in general, my parents won't talk about it. And as I said before, they're going to take it to the grave. And then my sister was like, when they take it to the grave, you can go ahead and announce it to everyone else. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to wait for that long. It's because my parents doesn't, it doesn't want to face the embarrassment of it. Because if I were to say that about myself, and it's just saying it's an embarrassment to them saying that, oh, they have a son who... Is, so but, who are they yeah. going to be embarrassed from? Like, how much of the extended family is still around or do they talk to is it still just like what is still preventing them from from discussing? I don't think they just want to hear about it. I guess, and to be honest, to say this uh, how it clashes, there's a lot of Asian families that won't talk about the culture itself altogether. They'll just see as being conservative. It's seen as you know disgusting and just you know it's not acceptable and. To be quite honest, I mean, there are some Asian cultures that are more accepting than others. Like, for instance, I've seen more Philippine, Filipino families and the um, Thai families. I've seen them more accepted because I have a friend who lives in Boston. He's Thai. His, fam- his family, his mom has been so accepting. His family has been so accepting of him. He said, this is my partner. And the family was like... He is welcome to our arms. He's welcome to the family. No matter who you're with, we're happy for you. I'm like, why can't I feel that kind of yeah. same feeling as opposed to, you know, posting my friend about it. And he's a different Asian descent. I'm like, right. this is... So is this common yeah. amongst, like, so did you did you grow up in the households really embracing the Chinese culture or did you become more Americanized when your family moved to the States? Um, I grew up talking in Cantonese, okay. which is the main, one, our main dialect is Cantonese, which is one of the 40 lovely dialects of Chinese. <laughs> I will say that with truth. Um, yeah, it's, it's a ton. It's like, which, which one do you want to keep up with is the question. Um, <laughs> um, but I grew up learning more the American culture side as opposed to the Chinese culture. I mean, I have, but I'm clashing because the fact that you're learning both sides of cultures, it's just that which one's going to be more predominant than the other. And I was more predominant into the American culture side because that's- Well, you were going to school in the United States, you were eating American food, listening to American music, meeting American friends. Oh, and I was listening to hip hop and everything. It's just like from the show, Fresh Off the Boat. It's literally exactly the way how it is. When we were going through the 90s, most of us listen to some boys to men and everything. So, um, but at home, it sounds like you were still very conservative. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was teaching kids, I saw that a lot with the Hispanic kids. A lot of them spoke Spanish at home, but then in more traditionally Mexican traditions. But then, you know, in school or outside of school, they would speak more um, English and be more Americanized. So I feel like that's pretty common for second generation kids um, as they're growing up. Um, what is the number one fear that you think, um, 
happens for because you're not the only one right so what's the number one fear that you think is going through people's okay. heads that are of asian descent that are of um you know maybe are second generation like you or even third generation who maybe have a large uh you know chinese family um or vietnamese family like what do you think is giving them the most fear if they realize they're gay and they're going to come out I'd say disownership because as you would know most, I mean all sons itself they want to be able to carry the family name and for you to say who you are and that you're coming out to them the family is already thinking disownership and saying out of the house kind of thing and then there's also rejection. Okay. It's kind of like a rejection. So it's, you know, so, um, that's how I feel. Like by rejection I mean, and disownership, it's like you're no longer invited over, no longer talking to them. And oh, that's yeah, how you feel from your family. Like, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it sounds like you still talk to your family, but is that how you feel? Well, well, it's more like the initial part. Like when you have no idea how to come out to them kind of thing, it's more the initial conversation having that and then some pe- some fam- some of them just decide to find the hard way like I did to find that out and um and just realizing that the rejection can be there and you just fear for it you just literally fear for rejection and you fear for that you'll never talk to the family again I mean, ever since the end of it, I think we slowly build a relationship, but we don't build the relationship around the lifestyle. We just build it enough that we're just spending time together as a family. It's like hiding a big part of your life still. It's got to be tough for me. Um, Have you ever brought someone around, Mm -hmm. like uh, a romantic partner? I know that one time in 2007, you said they weren't interested in seeing them, but has that ever happened to you since where you did bring someone around? Nope. <laughs> Never did. And then, as, as I say, once that whole thing happened, they don't want to know about it. They just say, you know, every time when I go out, I just say I'm going out with friends. And then the big thing I usually get is from immediate families, like relatives. They're asking, when are you going to get a girlfriend? When are you going to be married? When are you going to meet that? So I'm like, huh? <laughs> they hide it. I can tell by my face, my parents' facial expression. They're like, yeah, I know they're going <laughs> to try to sway over to another subject as quickly as possible as you well, know actually, in the conversation to my next question so do you feel like you get family pressure and up from like extended family or family friends about getting married and whatnot or have they kind of cooled off over the years as you're getting older they usually joke about it <laughs> they actually joke about it say are you gonna get a girlfriend i'm like uh well i'm still focused on this i'm good i know how i just kind of my yeah. way to just avoid of it and and do it in a friendly way not in a way to saying you know in a tone that they don't need to need to know in kind of sense of it but i'm just like yeah no you're not going to need to know about my life do you think they kind of already know (laughs) um i bet you they guess i bet you they're gonna guess i don't really see um i bet you guesses i'm hitting 40 next year I mean, I don't look 40, or I don't even, you know, oh, sorry. I don't even look 40. So, 
I take it. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Spell um, you know, it, girl. I, I, I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I know, right? You mentioned it earlier about how some Asian cultures seem to be more accepting. Um, like, why is that, do you think? Do you, do you have any idea of what's causing some Asian cultures to be more accepting and, and while others maybe hanging on to those more conservative roots? I think I'm not an expert on all the cultures. I'm going to say this is what I believe in. Um, they look at it as very, life is short. And you gotta love your kids, no matter what they do in life. Well, there are certain things you don't want to agree on it. But I think it's with the lifestyle, they just start looking at love in a different perspective. It's not just the whole one male, one female. Now it's like, same sex. You know, it's love. It's not, you're human. They look, I think that's what they're looking at. They're human. They're not just like sure. aliens up out of space or something, you know? Um, that's how I see it. And that's how I think why a lot of them are, or ones that I know, they've been more accepting. And, you know, just like with my friend from Thailand, he, he has family that's accepting of his partner. And that how they always FaceTime and they always conversations about it and everything. It's, Have you had a chance um, to yeah. visit either China and, or Vietnam, uh, Vietnam at all growing up? In 2012 okay. was the only time I've been to Hong Kong. Um, that was for my first cousin's wedding. My first exactly cousin exactly three years older than That's me. That's cute. To the day in the month. Did you notice anything about gay culture when you were in Hong Kong? Did you, did you have time to explore that or look into it while you were there? I didn't look into it while I was there. I don't even know where the culture is. It's a lot of the places we've been to was more of the common places that you would take to a tourist. So you can't really tell where where is the actual action is happening, where the real it's happening and such. I, I didn't see that. Did I notice it was there a lot? No. Of people of walking around on the streets. I didn't notice that. I didn't notice a lot of things of it. So that's why, as you can tell, they're just more hidden. Although, in Hong Kong TV series, they've had characters that are that's interesting. gay. Um, I... That's interesting. Yes, agree. It's interesting. Yet they don't talk about it too much. Although there are some celebrities that are Chinese descent are trying to be okay. more activists for the LGBT. So um, yeah, with uh, well within the eight, like within the Hong right. Kong China itself. Well, even though Hong Kong is part of China, yeah. which still doesn't make sense, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> um, they're just trying to be more activists of it and be more spoken of it. But I don't, I think people are still fear for, they don't want their family name. Is there to be a religious aspect to this? Like I know there's a lot of uh, religions that frown on homosexuality and that religion is a huge part of their culture. But with Chinese culture, does it come from religion or where's the, 
you know, the hesitation of accepting gay people coming from? I think it has touched a little bit of religion, but I'm also thinking, as I'm thinking through it, that the news itself don't okay. even talk much about the LGBT in, in the past. I will say that in the past. But I don't know, has it improved since then? Sure. Um, of more well, exposure about censored, it? So, to be honest. You know, there's a lot of shows um, that maybe would play here may or may oh, not yeah. play there. I, I don't know. Oh, I yeah. will say this. Sometimes even some of the Jackie Chan movies, really? they won't even show it. Western? Yeah. Or... There's some. Not okay. all, but um, Western. Not the... Not what he's done over there, but some of the Western stuff. Even Transformers, I think I've heard one time that didn't wow. even get shown much in China. <laughs> I was like, wow, really? This is uh, so I know a little more conservative things. than I um, thought. When the Star Wars movie, Episode Nine came out, there was a scene of two women kissing. I know that part got cut for China, but a lot of movies and culture are really banking on Chinese audiences. So they'll do that to get them in the seats because they don't want to offend them so obviously there's still and that's that's a pretty recent movie obviously there's still some you know anti-gay sentiment there yeah i mean i'll even say yeah i'll even say this even on social media um on the social media sites over at china itself as you would know they'll block facebook a bit they'll do you know they'll block stuff and it's like how does you know, and then it's kind of like saying if you're conservative, you're blocking things that are going to be important to the world that they don't want. They want to see change. That's the biggest right. thing. Is that I they mean, don't China want has the largest population change. in the world. So you can't tell me there's not gay people in there just by uh, probability. Mm-hmm. You know, they're there. They're just uh, living here. And that's that's right? so hard. You know? Right? So uh, backwards, especially here when we've made so much progress. Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of work to do, but we've made so much progress. Um I was in Singapore in the fall of 2019, which has a huge Chinese population, Mm -hmm. but sort of the same thing. And I did get to see that where they don't talk about gay stuff. Um, I didn't see any couples. I did see, however, two gay bars that I walked by. One was on one street and one was above um, that stinky fruit. That's like the fruit of that country. Oh my gosh. The durian. There was like a stand and there was like a, um, a gay bar right Diane, above that. Uh, and I noticed because I heard some good music, like, uh, uh, and I was like, ooh. And then, of course, I look up and I see a pride flag, and I'm like, oh, of course, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, right, you know, hello. so the fact that they had gay bars, I'm like, okay, like, obviously they're not hiding it. They have a pride flag out. But when I asked some of the locals, um, they told me that technically it's, it's illegal. Like, if you were to Google like Singapore laws, which is, you know, in Asia, it's technically illegal, but I guess it's just not as enforced as it used to be, um, which is kind of a gray area. I was like, okay, so don't really know how to process that. But, um, you know, it seems like that's kind of where things are going. I, again, I've never been to China, but I can imagine it might be sort of similar or maybe close to that. Willie, I, do you have a couple questions mm-hmm. for you? Um, I want to thank you so far for just sharing that story about you coming out and having it, you know, that uh, the suicide attempt. You know, I think it goes to show that holding all that in, right, like not being able to come out, hiding who you are, that's really tough on a person. And I'm glad that you were able to get the help and support you need. And I think that's really important that we help each other out with mental health. 
Um, but what advice can you give anyone who's listening um, who could be of some sort of Asian descent, like Chinese, Vietnamese, et cetera? Um, what advice can you give them about coming out? So how can they do that? Even despite, you know, the risk of being kicked out or disowned, what advice can you give them? Well, first of all, you're welcome for this. And thank you for having me on the show, too, of course. Um, this has definitely been a good, a lot of things to be able to come out of it. Um, what advice can I give them? Um, what's, well, it can be a different couple of scenarios, but to be honest, I would say to, you know, your family is your family. They are going to have their own perspective about this lifestyle. And you're going to go through life and you're going to meet people that are going through the same thing. And what I would say to them is just be strong for who you are. Don't look back on things that was said to you and just thinking that you're going to end your life or trying to take in the tempo of it. Really be strong and knowing the fact that that's the past. This is the present and you're going to have a future for it. You're going to want to live somewhere that gives you a different perspective. And so the biggest advice is just be strong. And be. And the other thing is love for who you are. Don't don't try to change it for someone else for it. If, you know, if you're trying to change for someone else, you're not, you're not Willie. You're not Andre. You've got to show who you are. If you don't show it, people are going to see a lot of vulnerabilities. And then that's when you start developing insecurities yourself. And then you want to say, you know, you're going through a mental health yeah. state that you and don't I want think, to be in. And I think that's important, right? Like... We would love our family to be supportive. And for those that have supportive families, that's awesome. You know, you're very lucky to have that. But you're right. Like, whether you tell your family or not, it doesn't change who you are. You're still gay. Um, so I think it's better to, to tell them. But then just whatever they say back to you, just don't let it, you know, um, degrade who you are. Because... You know, who you are matters and who you are should be seen and should be respected, you know. So if they decide that they don't want to talk to you, that's unfortunate. Maybe they'll come around, but still do you, you know, because it, being gay is who you are. You can't change that. And then finally, I know that your coming out story was tough. And that obviously affected your mental health and your depression. So what advice can you give to those struggling with mental health and being gay in general? So, you know, just in general, what would be your best advice? Well, you know, I have a couple of them, but if there was to be a best one is if you're in a mental state of taking to that chance, to that last resort of it, reach out to a friend, Read out, reach out to a couple of friends, not just one, a couple of them. Have a, have a conversation face-to-face through FaceTime, yeah. meet at Starbucks, meet somewhere that you can actually have a conversation. And also, or do a, um, have a overnight, stay overnight. Have them come over to your place and stay overnight kind of thing. And really vent out everything that's holding inside you. Like you're bottled up. Yeah. You know, like you're so bottled up that 
you don't want that to happen. And then you, you create stress, yeah. you create anxiety, nervous breakdown, the whole nine yards. You don't have, have to do that. The best thing is, is reach out to friends. Um, that's really the first thing. And of course, a next thing you should, you can also do is just call, or head to the ER. Don't even call it, just head to the ER, head to the ER and saying, look, I'm having some mental health issues of it. You know, um, that's all that. And, and the big resource I can probably say to just say it out to people is if you're really in that mental state that you can't reach out to friends or something, use the National Suicide Hotline. I think that's an absolute big thing for it to give out to. Um, you know, find that number yeah, and talk to them. I mean, I can give out the number here. Um, yeah, the number is 800-273-8255. And that is the National Suicide Hotline. And and from reading about it and how, what they are, they're willing to talk to you and making sure yeah, they're, cause they're trained to, you know, um, exactly. So, um, but that's also some of those advices I can give and just... Um, Seriously, you know, we are in the, you know, just like in the Olympics. Yeah. Simone went through a big mental health issue. Um, you know, this is ties into it. It's not because she was depressed. It's just because she wasn't even know if she was going to hurt yeah. herself in yeah. doing those flips. As in gymnast terms, they say twisties. I'm like, oh, that's a term I never knew about. I'm like, oh, let's do the twist. Your- oh, that's twisty. Never mind. Yeah. Break your leg, your neck, or anything. And... I'm reading social media and how it's recepting of it. And I find it shocking how people are like, oh, someone, uh, if Simone was in that kind of state, it kind of gave a, it, she wasted a spot for some other gymnast that could have gone to the Olympics. I said, excuse me? <laughs> I'm glad that Simone at least brought it you know, to exactly. our attention. Right. So, and plus, of course, with depression, it is, is such a big thing still. No one seems to see that it's such a big issue, no matter what. And this mental health state that we're in, no matter where you live and whatsoever, it's still an issue. Why do you think we still have psychologists and psychiatrists and anyone else that's an issue? Um, I want to add on to, I I had a, I, I know someone who was concerned about a friend of theirs who was attempting suicide and they felt like they didn't know what to do. You know, they're like, is this person being serious? Should I actually call the number for that? You know, the hotline? What should I do if I have a friend who's going to hurt themselves? And my answer was, you know, if you, if they say that to you, call the number or you call the number and let that professional be the one to judge how serious it is. You know, we're not trained for that. I don't know unless you are, but you know, we're not trained for that to diagnose. Okay, maybe they're just joking. Maybe they're being, um, you know, maybe they don't need help. That's not our call. Um, if you feel like someone does need help, provide the help and let the professional take over and make that call. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, but big advice is, is if you see a Facebook post or something, sure. you can try to reach out. If you have their phone number, call them. If not, Hey, call the 911 and saying, look, this is this person's phone number. I'm not sure if you can be able to find them by GPS. Because now we're in yeah. such modern technology that you're going to be able to find that. And they're going to pinpoint it down to the looking up for that person and such. And, you know, it, it, it gets to that point. You just can't 
you, you gotta have to take that yeah. chance on helping someone no matter well, what you know absolutely so, and i think yeah, that's, that's all i can really say important. and i think today willie i want to thank you so much again for coming on and shedding a light on your culture and how um, your culture has impacted your life with coming out and how it can be a clash to how you grew up right american culture versus your asian culture and um, how that's impacting you now and i hope people that are listening maybe can find um, something that they identify with willie's um, story because i think your story is probably very similar to a lot of other- you're welcome i mean yeah i'm I'm, I know that for sure there are people out there, no matter what league, what work, anything of it, it's the same. It's going to be a similar story. Yeah. And, um, yes, exactly. Thank you again, Willie, for coming on. And I want to just say thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Bear Share Show. Please feel free to like and subscribe to The Bear Share Show on pretty much anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, from Spotify to Apple Music to um, Google Podcasts, to YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, if you have it, I'm probably on it. So, And then also feel free to send me an email for further suggestions or if you have a comment on today's episode at show at gmail.com. And then also um, feel free to find Willie on Facebook at William Vong. And um, I'm sure he'll love to talk to you more about any sort of um, situations if you come from a similar background or have a similar story. So I just want to say thank you everyone again for listening to today's episode and look forward to recording the next one. So thank you everyone. Have a nice night.